So again, I, I'll read. <coughs> I'll read the fourth tetrad, and then um, I'll kind of guide you through the first three. Um, you know, rather quickly, not how you would necessarily practice them on your own. Uh, just a word about the fourth tetrad. So in the first three tetrads, there is a uh, development of tranquility as well as insight. So both of these aspects of practice are woven together. So tranquility means calming the mind, calming the body. And, and the insight is talking about what we recognize through investigation <coughs> in, in terms of that these, each of these steps um, we can experience um, impermanence and, uh, and dukkha or unreliability, unsatisfactoriness uh, and not self. So those are the three key insights um, that the Buddha said, you know, like, check it out. Like, it, can you find any uh, experience that you can have um, in your life in which these uh, impermanence and unsatisfactoriness and and not self are are not present, and so um, yeah, I haven't found any. So so the but these uh, this this last tetrad is really focusing in on insight, um, really looking at the nature of things. One trains oneself, I will breathe in observing impermanence. One trains oneself, I will breathe out observing impermanence. One trains oneself, I will breathe in observing dispassion. One trains oneself, I will breathe out observing dispassion. One trains oneself, I will breathe in observing cessation. One trains oneself, I will breathe out observing cessation. One trains oneself, I will breathe in observing relinquishment. One trains oneself, I will breathe out observing relinquishment. Monks, this is how cultivating and making much of mindfulness of breathing in and breathing out is of great fruit and great benefit. It's at the end. So let's begin by feeling the body balanced and stable on the earth. Lifting through the base of the spine to the crown of the head and allowing the base of the skull to lift 
bringing mindfulness to the fore. And breathing in and breathing out, feeling the breath. And with the breath, collecting the mind, collecting the scattered, uh, fractured mind. fragmented mind. Noticing the quality of the breath. Is it long? Is it short? Is it rough? Is it smooth? Is it tight? Is it easeful? As the breath becomes more stable, as we bring mindfulness to it, letting the breath just drop into the background, still bringing a certain degree of mindfulness to it, but the majority of our attention is uh, is resting in the body, so bringing the body into the foreground of our attention. And as we feel the body, we may notice that there are places of tension, holding, contraction. And as we bring mindfulness to these places of tightness, well, gradually the body becomes more relaxed and calm. This calmness brings a quality of relief, of ease and well-being, perhaps even joy or contentment. Just um, enjoying that, whatever, whatever that quality <coughs> of pleasant experiences kind of making that itself the object of our <coughs> mindfulness. And again, uh, letting the pleasant feeling tones of well-being, contentment, joy, uh, kind of 
turning our attention um, from them to, to feeling a space of awareness, a space of awareness within which we can be, be aware of notice mental formations, thoughts, perceptions, perhaps emotions, fantasies, and also the, the underlying feeling tones and the underlying um, emotional energies. And practicing with these, we, you know, we notice what the feeling tone is of it. It's pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral. We notice, we notice what the underlying energies are. We notice how the thoughts themselves, if we don't, if we don't get hooked into thinking <coughs> the thought, how it how it arises and passes away. And gradually we recognize that thoughts are not self, they're not me or mine, and that we don't need to get hooked by them. They can just be allowed to move through like clouds move through the sky. And with this development of the mind, the mind becomes more calm. The mind, the mind becomes more still, less likely to get hooked. And as we, as the mind becomes more calm, and we realize that thoughts are not me or mine. We come to, to turn our mindfulness to mind as such, mind in itself, the knowing factor, the knowing quality of citta, heart-mind. And in this encountering of heart-mind, knowing, the knowing quality. There's a deep gladness, perhaps awe. Perhaps love. It's a deeply satisfying experience and we feel like we've come home. We can rest in awareness, the mind resting in awareness. And as we rest in this way, our capacity to concentrate deepens the mind can become very still, very present. And this could also be a place where 
one moves more deeply into absorb absorption. And and in this collectedness and stillness, we recognize that this experience and the unfolding of this beautiful meditative quality is not me or mine. I'm, there's no I making it happen. And there's no I that's enjoying it. It's simply unfolding. And so we release this sense of I'm doing this, liberating the mind from conceit. The end of the third tetrad brings us to the step called releasing or liberating the mind. Releasing the mind from habitual patterns of grasping and rejecting as we develop the skill of resting in awareness. If the mind begins to crave, mindfulness recognizes this and releases the movement and does so increasingly quickly. The mind also sees through the delusion of clinging to a construction of self. I am doing this meditation. It carries over into our daily activities when we practice at this stage. So we live much more free of the underlying clinging to a belief in a separate self. All four steps in the fourth tetrad use the word observing. We do nothing but observe. It's very simple. We get out of the way. We allow wisdom to emerge. The heart becomes clear. We know what is harmful and what is not, what leads to suffering and what to freedom from suffering. observing impermanence. As we relax clinging to mental constructs, we let go of taking in life through concepts. We encounter the simplicity of direct experience, just now, just this. Concepts are static. Many people label their experiences and don't see through the concept to the living, changing, impermanent, and interconnected flow of being 
which the concept has divided out from the whole to name. As the mind stops reaching out in grasping and resisting and simply rests in awareness, we see the ceaseless rolling on of impermanent phenomena. As awareness stabilizes in open, present, unfolding attention, it may seem that fragments of thought and sensation flow by like a waterfall. Insight into the changing and therefore insubstantial nature of body and mind breaks through the illusion of a solid, permanent world around us. The five aggregates, which are a way that the Buddha talks about the components that we cling to to create a sense of self, that is body, feeling, perception, mental formations, and consciousness. These are all impermanent and cannot be clung to as me or mine. We have experienced insight into impermanence previously. At this step in meditative development, it is a deep and transformative insight that transforms <coughs> how we relate to life. So with the relinquishment, with the letting go, of clinging to and identifying with a self that this is me <coughs> this is mine we open to a sense of being which is vast open and aware and resting in this open awareness, noticing the flow of sensations and mental factors, sounds, bits of thought, sensations in the body, resting in this field of impermanence.
the rolling on of endless phenomena. In seeing impermanence, we also see dukkha, the unreliable, unreliable nature of sensory experience. How can we count on constantly shifting ground for a sense of well-being? In seeing impermanence deeply, we also see non-self. We experience the flow of change of body and mind and recognize that self is just a label imposed on a changing process. The ex this experience we label self is composed entirely of non-self elements which are themselves changing, water, minerals, sensations, emotions, attitudes, intentions, habits. Rest observing impermanence.
breathing in and breathing out, observing dispassion. Sometimes the word is disenchantment, waking up from a spell that we can be fulfilled through sensory experiences. Sometimes the expression is used, fading away, um, which is a translation of the word viraga, that is uh, in the Pali at this step in the sutta. Viraga, it's like a dye fading, seeing clearly how phenomena arise and disappear. The mind becomes dispassionate. An important question that we could ask ourselves at this stage in our meditative development is, are you willing to give up your attachment to pleasant sensory experiences? Are you willing to stop chasing after pleasant sensory experiences to find happiness? Not giving up enjoying pleasant experiences when they arise, but it's the running after them which shapes our lives. Are we willing to give that up in the, in the service of a deeper happiness and peace? observing cessation. Fading away deepens to cessation, the ending of craving. A sense of struggle is no longer present. Certain addictions, conceits, resentments fall away. Seeing deeply into the impermanence of thoughts and sensations, we see the space between thoughts, between sensations. In that space, there is no pain, no suffering. There's this quality of letting things be as they are, not always picking things up. In a sense, it's not a self that gets liberated, 
It's that everything gets liberated from us, from our imposing ourselves on things. Things can just be what they are, allowed to be itself without us wanting something from it or appropriating it. Mind not imposing itself on the world. It's such a useful thing to do to allow cessation of suffering to happen. It doesn't happen once for all. Cessation happens for a moment or around a particular addiction as we see the peace and delight of stopping we allow it more and more. Observing, <coughs> observing relinquishment, a sense of giving back, relinquishing our commitments to greed, ill will, and conceit. With the ending of craving, all clinging to conditioned experiences is released all clinging to a construction of me and mine falls away. It's given up for good. Something gives way, something gets put down. I don't stand behind this anymore. I'm done with it. We are nature and we have appropriated nature as me and mine. With relinquishment, we give back to nature what was never ours, never was a self. We return it, release, release it, completely let it go. This is freedom.
Um, we have uh, self-retreat now, um, unstructured time, and and um, <coughs> groups. So groups E and F are meeting. Uh, so <coughs> I hope you enjoy your afternoon of practice. And we'll see you after supper. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.